Good morning, wherever you are, and welcome to St. Michael's in the Morning, a podcast series encompassing everything from sermons and services to special audio presentations, brought to you by St. Michael's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. For more information, or to make a donation to St. Michael's, please visit www.st-michaels.org. Alleluia! Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. It's only been a week. A week since our sanctuary was first bedecked with these beautiful lilies. A week since egg hunts and pastel dresses were worn for the first time. A week since a cluster of brave women walked to the tomb and found it empty with the words of dazzling strangers ringing in their ears, remember what Christ told you, he is not here but is risen. In Easter, there is this strange and beautiful dialectic, attention. Christ is risen indeed, and yet Christ is risen, and the apostles thought the women, those first preachers of the resurrection, were telling an idle tale. And we find those same disciples today locked together in a room for fear of the Jews. It's critical we take a moment to pause here and understand why John's gospel says the disciples are afraid of the Jews. John's gospel is the last to be written of the four gospels we have in our Bibles. And by the time John's gospel is written, The community from which the gospel comes is deeply entrenched in the work of self-identity. They want to distinguish themselves from their parental Jewish community because they are emerging as their own religious movement. And for this reason, John's gospel often casts the Jews as a monolithic group distinct from Jesus. But we here need to remember Jesus was Jewish, as were many of his followers. And to read John's gospel without this understanding has led historically to dangerous anti-Semitism. So with that historical understanding in mind, the disciples are still afraid. They have locked themselves up in a room out of fear of the Roman and Jewish authorities who had Jesus crucified. Because remember, Jesus is risen, which has radically altered the cosmos, and yet the world is still the world that killed him. But I have to wonder, is it just the Jewish and Roman authorities that the disciples are afraid of? Because maybe they're afraid that what the women said is true. Because if it is, Their whole understanding of who God is has been challenged by God hanging on a tree. Maybe they have locked themselves in a room because they are afraid this Christ who died and rose again will come back to make them pay for abandoning him on the cross. Reverend John said in his sermon last week that one of the miracles of Easter is that Jesus Christ walks right out of the tomb into a world that still does not believe. 
The disciples are locked up and afraid because they cannot or choose not to believe Jesus has risen, and they cannot or choose not to believe God still loves them so scandalously. And yet, when Jesus appears among them, his words are not words of anger or admonition or shame. Peace be with you, Jesus says. He shows them his hands and his feet and his side, and he breathes the Holy Spirit on them, and he leaves. A week goes by, and while our story now turns to poor so-called doubting Thomas, all these disciples are still in the house with the doors shut They have all seen the risen Lord, and still they remain huddled in this home. But this time, Thomas is with them. Thomas, who has said he can only believe their idle tale when he himself sees the holes in Jesus' hands and feet. And when Jesus appears the second time, once again, his words are not words of admonishment or shame or anger. He says, peace be with you. And Jesus looks right at Thomas, who was now seeing the wounds on Jesus. Thomas said he needed to see for himself. And Jesus, standing in front of him, does even more. Come here, Jesus says, taking Thomas's hand and letting him touch the wounds on his palms, feel the gash in his side. Jesus takes Thomas's doubts and puts them right in Jesus' own most tender places. God takes our most anguished doubts and questions and traumas and touches them to God's own most vulnerable places. And God says, you belong here. And Thomas responds, my Lord and my God. Doubting Thomas is the first of the disciples locked in that room to see and say, my Lord and my God. Thomas knows Jesus is the Son of God by the marks where the nails went in. Jesus' resurrection means so many things. It is a sign of God's faithfulness to us. It is a promise that nothing in this world will keep God or God's people in the grave And perhaps to Thomas, the resurrection is an invitation to step out of that locked room. And Jesus Christ's resurrection has to mean something to us. Because how else can we witness the massacre in Sri Lanka without anything other than a desire to lock ourselves away in a room where no one and nothing could ever get to us? The resurrection has to mean something to us because Jesus asks us to take up our crosses and follow him. Jesus asks us to love our enemies, to pray for those who abuse us, to renounce worldly power, to give up the privileges of comfort and follow a God who died and a God who rose again. Jesus walks right out of the grave and invites his friends to touch his wounded body. Jesus is teaching us that God brings the worst things of the world right into God's own wounds, but that is not all. Our reading from Acts today 
shows us what is coming for these disciples. They're not going to stay in that locked room forever. In Acts, Peter is being brought before the very same authorities he was hiding from in that locked room. And Peter is standing trial because eventually those disciples unlock the doors and walk out into the streets and start preaching that Jesus Christ is risen to anyone who will listen. And when the police and the authorities surround Peter, Peter declares, we must obey God rather than any human authority. Peter in this moment is living into Christ's resurrection because living with the Jesus who walked right out of that tomb means we are called to live with a profound expectation of life with God even when death is staring us in the face. Jesus walks right out of the tomb into a world where the powers that hung him on that cross are still in power. And he stands among those who betrayed him and says, peace be with you. And we are called to walk right out of that tomb with him, bearing peace to our enemies. By the faithfulness of Jesus Christ, we are called and compelled to walk out of the grave because the promise of resurrection is eternal life and the promise of resurrection is an invitation to live life with God now. Resurrection is life after and in spite of death and it is not easy and it's not always safe and it's not always believable, but we are a resurrection people. And this means walking out of the tombs we make in our lives for ourselves and for others. Tombs made for us and tombs the world would love to keep us in. And it means we, like the women, tell the truth when the world doesn't believe us. And we, like Thomas, bring our doubts and our fears right into the wounds of Jesus. And we, like Peter, stand up to the authorities and to our own fear and say, I must obey and follow God. Amen. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light.